0: If you take this hour haircut and you do it in 45 minutes, you can get three more people in today, three more people at $75 an hour, and we do the math. Then you have to connect that to something that they feel. okay? If you say that makes you $8,000 more a quarter, for example, well, Jen, they don't care. They're like, so? Yeah. And you're like, well, no, that's over four quarters. That's $32,000 a year on top of what you're making now gross okay okay they have to feel a connection to a goal that's attached to them
1: you're listening to the beauty business game changer podcast a podcast for beauty industry providers and business owners that are wanting to level up their game to create a profitable career and rewarding lifestyle I'm Jennifer Alvarez, salon owner, educator, serving 20 years as a licensed cosmetologist, and I'm here to make an impact in your life and career. As creative entrepreneurs, we need education that empowers us and raises the standards. My mission is to give sound business advice and share inspiring stories that help you reach your goals and to dream bigger. Welcome to your beauty business game changer. Welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. Today, I am so pumped to have a friend with me today that is a wealth of knowledge. She is a 13-year salon industry veteran who serves as the COO at both Salon Roots and Ends Salon Suites located in Medina, Ohio. Salon Roots is a 12-time Salon Today Top 200 winner and 11-time stamp honoree. You guys, this is amazing, amazing honor. Jen has a passion as well as an infectious drive to help the salon industry with innovations for growth and profitability. Using her background in marketing, e-commerce, SEO, web creation, graphic design, and her heart for the salon industry, Jen LeBlanc looks to elevate others. Jen is also a lifelong learner, a pursuit that has led her to join the 124Go coaching and consulting team. And with 124Go, Jen has a greater opportunity to inspire and create strategies that will help your team and your company achieve new milestones. Her motto is, together we grow. Jen, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: You are amazing, and I am so honored that, one, you're on the podcast today, and two, that you're here to share your story and all the information that's in your head. You're going to be sharing that today with us, so I'm super excited.
0: Me too. Me too.
1: The fact that you're a COO at two different salon companies, I want to know a little bit more about that. So first of all, what's a COO?
0: So I am the operations officer. Of both salons. So, think all the back end of the business. So, all of your business operations, I do all of the marketing, um, I help with budgets. So, I create the budgets for us. Um, I help execute on all of our strategic plan and growth models. Um, in addition to when I am at ENDS, that's more of a landlord position scenario. So, that's more of the back end. So, they're two very different business models. Um, I do the one-on-ones. I am, I'm the growth expert within the business. I love growing people. Um, but I, because I'm not behind the chair, I'm on the back end of the business. And I also love being actually in the salon. So customer service initiatives, guest experience structure, all of that comes from, comes from me.
1: That's amazing, Jen. And I'm sure all of the salon owners listening to this right now are thinking, I need a Jen on my team right now. Cause I hear
0: that a lot. <laughs> I hear that a lot. And I get a lot of text messages that say, how can I find one of you? Or can you be my one of you? But yeah, time, I get it a lot. Yeah. So I'm in a fortunate position. So the, the salons um, that I work for and have worked for, they are still behind the chair. And uh-huh. I got connected with salon roots 13 years ago. I had been a longtime client of Jen Tryon, one of the co-owners of the salon. And at the time, I had owned my own marketing company. And we had started to, we always loved talking business with one another. Like we could start talking and my appointment would go by and there was never a loss of words. And we became very close friends. She's actually my son's godmother. Okay. And it was awesome. Well, during one of the appointments, this is, 14 years ago, she had said, you know, and they went from a three chair, 700 square foot location, and they were moving into the location that we're still in, which is 1900 square feet. So that was a big move. There was like her and Sheila and like an assistant. So they were growing. And she had said, you know, what would it take to get you to do some stuff for me? And I was like, oh, let's start, let's start jamming, you know? So we like would barter for a while. We traded for a while. And I got addicted. Like, I was like, we are, we are making some things happen. It was fun. I loved the industry. Absolutely positive. I loved the industry. One thing led into another, and I became a full-time employee. I let my marketing company that I have, I still do some freelance work for that when somebody reaches out to me, but I became a full-time employee of them and fell head over heels in love with the hair industry.
1: That's incredible. I want to know a little bit more about Salon Roots and ENDS Salon Studio, because this, how was this born? How did this get created?
0: Yeah. So Salon Roots just celebrated 17 years and ENDS is celebrating nine this May. Salon Roots is our commission-based location. And that's like our first baby. ENDS was born uh, just over nine years ago. And that was actually ignited and started after us as a team had had our hearts broken. We were at the height of our employee numbers. We had had 29 employees at the time. So we were big. Okay. You know, right now we have, I just hired my 18th employee yesterday and we're getting back up to those numbers. I want to get back up to those employee into those employee levels. And we had a group of girls that came to us and said, we want to, we want a chair run. And we were like, that's never going to happen here at Roots, I'm sorry. And we had you know, groomed them from Ka's school to the floor. And these girls were six-figure hairdressers at the time. So go back 10 years ago, that was a lot behind the chair. No one was talking about six-figure hairdressers at that time. We talk about it now on the daily, okay? But they were. They were like the core producers short of the two owner-operators behind the chair, Okay. We didn't think anything of it. We're like, they would never leave. Like, to, we were saying that to ourselves. They'll never go do anything else. They just, we're never going to do that. We'll let it We'll let it go. Two weeks later, a, a client walked in the roots with a letter. And I can remember this like it was yesterday because we were, like, sucker punched in the stomach mm-hmm. and said, mm-hmm. I have this letter. My girl's leaving. She's, this is where my next appointment is. And we were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, hold up. And they hadn't even told us yet. They had let all their clients know. And these girls were going to rent a chair and a suburb. It's actually called Seville, Ohio. It's a suburb of maybe 15 minutes from us. Okay. And we were heartbroken. Like we were ready to throw in the towels. Like we were like, how could we continue? You know, all these different things. We had got together at a bonfire, myself and the two owners. And we were like, What are we gonna do? Like Booth Rental in Ohio at the time was popping up like crazy. It was it was on fire, and we came up with the idea: if you can't beat them, join them. But on a different way, okay? Don't join them to be a competitor of them. Let's make it part of our growth process. Yeah. From there, ends was born. So we grow artists from roots to ends.
1: It's it's so clever, and it's a beautiful way of looking at these different models because yeah. it's not one size fits all right. and you're right what does a career growth plan look like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know before oh. we started this podcast you and i were talking about the different benefits that are that you offer mm-hmm. your employees and what do you think it is taking now what do you think is important to create this retention. As you guys are rebuilding back up to that 29 mm-hmm. benchmark again, what, what is your, what's your thought process around how are we keeping employees at the commission? You know,
0: I, I love studying, you know, and if you're, you are friends on social media, so you probably see this some, I love studying the generations, your Gen Z, your Gen X, the up-and-coming Gen A, and the psychology, you know, behind them, and what it takes to keep them happy, you know, and what it's going to take to make them dedicated loyal employees for more than two years, more than three years, you know, what's interesting is flexibility, they care more about their time than they do about money. But the trick is, is teaching them how when I talk numbers to them, And I sit down and I'm like, listen, you know, if you take this hour haircut and you do it in 45 minutes, you can get three more people into in today, three more people at $75 an hour. And we do the math. Then you have to connect that to something that they feel. Okay. If you say that makes you $8,000 more a quarter, for example, well, Jen, they don't care. They're like, so yeah. And you're like, well, no, that's, over four quarters, that's thirty-two thousand dollars a year on top of what you're making now. Gross. Okay, okay. They have to feel a connection to a goal that's attached to them. You know. So, example, this Friday I'm doing a visionary exercise at my team. I'm hosting the team, and that is the core of the exercise: is teaching them how to create to connect their goals with the salon's goals and vision. And the better job that we can do understanding and meeting them where they're at, because if we try to exceed in our head where we want them to be, we're going to be two very disappointed people. I'm going to be pissed off and they're going to be really upset. Okay. So it's taking that knowledge and and leading on an individual basis. Okay. One of the things that I preach and I preach about this with 124 and we'll, we'll get to 124 here eventually is. There's a big difference between leading and managing, okay? My management days in my office, I'm doing all those tasks of a COO, okay? I'm working on budgets. I'm working on schedules. I'm blocking vacation times. I'm doing marketing. I'm setting uh, Instagram posts and social media and all those things, okay? When I'm leading, I'm literally hanging out in the salon, but I'm not hanging out without intention, okay? I might be sitting in the back and I might be, Chomping on some cashews with them. I might bring them sushi. Okay. And what I'm doing is I'm listening. I'm listening with intention. I'm asking them how their families are. You know, we tell our girls, you know, the Ford concept family, family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. Okay. That's what they should be talking about with their guests behind the chair. That's what I talk to them about on a personal level. Okay. And they have to feel like they belong. And if they feel like they belong and they have a purpose, they're yours they're yours forever
1: i think that is so brilliant and it's a new way of leadership it's mm-hmm. a different it's a different way that a lot of businesses are realizing we need to we need to structure our leadership differently it's no more of micromanaging or Yes. Hitting your numbers. Of course, we Mm -hmm. want everyone to hit their numbers and hit their goals, but you're exactly right. We've got to make that connection and attach it to something. And oftentimes, and I don't know if you ever feel this way, but I visualize, and I want so much more for that person Mm -hmm. than maybe that they want for themselves. Yeah, They're not ever going to put that effort in that they should be putting in, in order for them to hit something I want them to, Right. but it doesn't matter what I want for them. It's They gotta want that.
0: We have that, I have that conversation all the time. You know, at Roots, we have a minimum of 24 hours behind the week, uh behind the chair a week. Okay. So that's four or six hour shifts. I don't know about you, but I would be bored out of my gourd if I only worked twenty-four hours a week. Okay. They're okay with that. That's either two twelves or four or six hour shifts. I encourage all the time. You do know that you could pick up another six hours or you could work a 10 and you could work two sixes the, I have girls that take home right now between 60 and $75,000 net, and they work two 12 hour shifts. Why in the world would they come in another day? Okay. Why would they, you know, they don't see that same value and, and it works. You know, if they're a mom and their kids play sports, it's perfect. Okay, they kind of get the hustle in, and they have the rest of the week Wednesday, and we're closed on Fridays. Okay, no one in our company ever works on a Friday. That's an education day, or it's a team building day, or they're off. Every other weekend for every employee is in a three-day weekend. You know, so all of these cultural benefits, and if they don't work Monday, it's a four-day weekend. You know, the list goes on with with the flexibility, but we have to. We have to be so confident in our numbers and how many people we need to have employed in order for the company to hit their goals. You know, so I need to know that if I know that a quarter of my team next week is on spring break, which they are, I, have, I had to create our goals from the first Monday till tomorrow, okay? And actually Saturday of what I need so the salon doesn't suffer while a quarter or more of my team is gone next week on spring break, you know? So it's just being cognizant of all that.
1: It's definitely different having people want a shorter work week. Flexibility, having that balance. A lot of things have shifted since COVID of what people are wanting. And maybe it always was headed into this direction. And maybe this really magnified the desire of spending more time on yourself or Mm -hmm. with family or with friends or whatnot. So do you have any suggestions for salon owners who have employees of different things that they could implement into their business that would help to increase morale or increase retention?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to start by saying it's not one size fits all and where i'm going with that is you need to talk to your team you know i'll give you a good example my team is i have a third or less of my team that is over the age of 35 the rest of my team is under the age of 26 so do the math i am we are really outnumbered okay so what the four of us want that's over the age of 35 versus the balance of 15, okay? When the oldest of those 15 is 26 this summer, it's a huge gap. That's a 20 year gap we're talking there. What they want is definitely not what they want, okay? So we talk, I'm a very transparent leader. We survey our team all the time. You know, Christmas time, you want a cash bonus or you want to have a party? My under the age of 26 is like, where are we going? Who's buying? And what are we drinking? My older ones are like, well, this one's at soccer. This one has this. I don't know ever know when we're going to get together. I'd rather have the cash bonus. You know what I mean? So we work to balance both of those scenarios because what they want is nowhere near the same goal. Okay. So for another salon leader out there, what I advise is seeing where the happy medium is. Where is that gray area? You know, is it, maybe we don't go crazy on a Friday night. Maybe we do like a Friday afternoon and everybody can go. And those that want to stay after can stay after and everyone goes and has a good time, you know, and it's kind of finding what works for everybody, but it's not one size fits all. What one team might love top golf. The other one might like to go canoeing. You know, I don't know, but it's being able to connect those are probably horrible analogies, but I think you're saying. Say. <laughs> <laughs> but my point there is being able to connect with them and seeing what will what triggers your team. You know, I coach salons across the country that execute better uh, better your best contest. Everyone's they're always like, well, what should we give away? Should we give away five hundred dollars? Somebody said, you know, should I give away a vacation? I'm like, whoa! I mean, you do you're gonna do this every quarter. If you're gonna give away a vacation every quarter, if you could financially do that, awesome. Okay, but you can steer it back. It could be like an Amazon gift card for all I care. Okay. But you have to get to know what's going to to trigger your team and what's going to keep your team engaged. And I don't think that's a one-size black and white answer at all.
1: A hundred percent. And it's interesting to be very aware of creating a culture with different generations Mm -hmm. and that each each person, each individual. is going to have different needs depending on what season of life they're in. So I think that's really brilliant to listen to what your team is needing. Because oftentimes I think as a leader, we'll say, let's implement this or let's do this without even knowing what is it that is motivating the staff.
0: They're blindly leading. And you're like, well, why don't they like that? You're like, well, did you ask them? You know, and that's something that I learned. So I can't take full credit from that. Steph Fox is the one who got me going on the whole Ask Your Team. And that came probably seven, eight years ago in conversation with her, you know, in regards to different topics. I mean, she would be who I would credit for. You have you have to have a, such a full understanding of who they are and where they're going that now I've been able to master the execution of that and genuine behind it. You know, I, I genuinely want them to love where they work. I genuinely want them to enjoy their place of employment. I want them to be, a, I want them to want to be a part of our team. You know, I want them when I have somebody shadowing to be like, this is the best damn salon you could work at in Northeast Ohio. And believe it, not just say it, because they work there. I want them to believe it and authentically mean it. You know what I mean? Like from, from start to finish.
1: So from start to finish is also your career path model, Mm -hmm. roots to ends. When you have someone who's an employee, they're thriving. What does that look like when they decide to, start their own business and work at ends. What What is that transition like and why? So, what,
0: so I'll tell you financially what that means to roots. So you, so you get the equation. That means I need two bodies to fulfill their numbers if they're going to ends. Okay. That is why roots is a constant evolution. I always need two to three bodies in my education program. Okay. Because let's say we try to hire in pairs anyways. So that in the event one starts to slack a little bit, they're there to build each other up. They're there on their good days. They're there for each other on their bad days. But mathematically, I need them both to hit the floor to replace, so their income to replace the one that I lost. Because if they're going to end, that's that's a hit, okay? I'd be lying if I said that was never a financial hit to the business. Still our business is, okay? But you have to have that cycle of people, you have to have that trickle in of people to continuously fill the pipeline. Because if the pipeline dries, then one of the two is gonna be a little bit behind, okay? And that could be roots if you don't have that pipeline of people on an education plan coming through before they hit the floor.
1: In what ways are you seeing a change too when it comes to students wanting to become an employee versus leaving to go booth rent? What are, you, what are you seeing trend-wise happening in our industry with these different models?
0: You know, I do, I do all of our interviewing, okay? So in, in regards to the conversations that we have, you know, I would say pre-COVID, one of the first two questions would be how long before I can go to ends. Mind you, they're still in cosmetology school, but they're being taught that. They're being taught they can be an entrepreneur, And part of me genuinely loves that because the truth is is that whether they're a commission-based employee or whether they're renting their own suite, they are an entrepreneur, okay? The better entrepreneur you are in a commission-based location, well, the better employee you're going to be, okay? Because you get it. You get what it takes to to grind it up, okay? Now, post-COVID, the most popular questions I've gotten recently, and I had I've had six interviews over the past three days. We've had a lot of people reach out to Ruth, which is incredible. Okay, mm-hmm. it's like we've had a large influx of people people wanting to onboard come May June when they graduate. I'm hearing, what are your health insurance benefits? Do you have 401k? I'm hearing career minded questions, which really excites me because I am an advocate a huge advocate, contrary to the, if you can't go to college, go to cause scenario, which really makes people look down on our industry. Okay. And I have made it part of my mission to create careers for these girls and long-term careers with benefits, you know, having the availability for them to get health insurance, wanting to create that for them, so that it's not just a job because when a job gets hard you leave when you have a career it's your career you are going to stick it out when you have a bad day at a job you have no emotional attachment to what's going on when you have a career you're attached you follow me
1: that's mic drop right there when you when you have a job and it gets hard you leave Mm -hmm. yeah So, so many owners managers. Used to, I am not for certain if it's the same way, but used to have this fear of when they're with me for x amount of time. What's next? Mm-hmm. Are they going to leave? What would your suggestion be to salons and in the culture to be created so that you're not running your business from a place of fear? Fear, exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, le- legitimately fear. We have to make sure that we have for the salon individually, the absolute coziest scenario for your team that fits your salon. So what's cozy and works for salon roots might not work for refined beauty. Okay. But we have to make it so posh that they would be absolutely insane to go work across the street or, or, to, to move away and think that they're gonna rebuild a book or or to do whatever, okay? The difference is, is that when we are coaching them, we have to understand where their head is at and how can we play offense on accommodating it, okay? Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. A team member comes to me and I'm getting the gist that they're starting to want to do their own thing. Maybe they're asking for their own pricing structure, um, maybe they're asking to the jump levels. You know, Maybe they're asking ambitious questions that would seem out of the ordinary for them. Okay, I'm going to sit down with them. We're going to jam it out. We're going to say, what are you really looking for? Okay, Most salon owners would probably fight me on this, but I'm going to stay strong on this. When people leave your company and they tell you it's about the money, it's never about the money. I promise you that the money was their excuse. Okay. If you have such a strong culture and you love where you go to work, okay. And you come to me and you're like, Hey, I'm trying to move into an apartment. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to buy a car, name the goal. I will sit down with you and I will create a plan that says, Hey, by the way, do you know, if you did six more back bar treatments a week at $25 a piece and equals this. There's your, there's your rent. And I can create a goal. That's again, remember we were talking about attaching the goal to them individually so that they have an emotional attachment to it. That is much more profound and powerful than anything that we could possibly wrap our head around with, where we want them to go and what we want them to do and what we want them to believe. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I think that's brilliant. And you said something earlier before we recorded that it surprised me actually Mm -hmm. with having these two businesses with two different models. Can you speak a little bit about why you chose two different locations as opposed to one together and what you're what you're finding out right now, uh, the uh, as far as availability at suites mm-hmm. and yeah. your current staff.
0: Yeah, you know, so we we decided on two locations because culturally, we believe it's very challenging for you to have chair rental with commission based employees. You know, commission based employees. Are, have to be responsible for the for the uh, for the flow of the salon. So you know, like think about it as a circle. Everyone has their role. Everyone's got to understand the flow of the salon. When you're a chair rental, you're basically going to come in to your 110 square feet space around your chair. You're going to do your clients. You're going to do your thing. You're going to mind your own business. You're going to leave. Okay. Those commission-based employees are eventually going to lose respect for you because you're not participating. And I don't care what anyone says. They can have the most glorious outlook if they really talk to their team and you're like, do you love the fact that somebody's chair renting right next to you and possibly taking home way more than the 45 or 50% commission that you're making? Piss you off over time, right? How do you feel over a period of time like that resentment is going to do for the puzzle? Eventually, it's going to crumble, okay? So having two distinct locations, we respect both models. And I firmly believe there's a place for both, but it's got to be the right execution of it. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, when roots and ends had a vacancy in years prior, I had girls running. How quick could they get there? When could they start? They couldn't wait to tell their clients. Now, the mindset is different. And part of that might be because they're a lot younger. Okay. Like I said, the majority of my team is under the age of 26. Those that are in their early 40s, like myself, there's the two owner operators, and I have two master artists. My master artists have had a million invitations to go to ends, and they're like, why? We lead the education team here. They love growing people. It fits their lifestyle. They, Their heart belongs at roots. I will never make them go, okay? Their heart is in the right place, okay? So as part of a growth plan, phenomenal, okay? Grow your team so that they see that they have options. Okay. And that part of that starts with when we interview them on day one. What is a career? What does that career path look like? You know, I had a girl that I've interviewed now three times. And part of the reason we've interviewed three times is she's interviewed me. Like she has come back and wanted to talk again. And I'm like, you're phenomenal. Like, when can you start? But the question she asked made my brain hurt, you know, where I was like, just, Like, how many more times do you want me to answer these questions? But I loved it because it challenged me because she wanted to know how long is it before she gets on the floor. And we all know there's variables to that. How quick are you? How quick do you catch it? Are you at every education class? Are you getting outside education? You know, there's all these different things. But the fact that she wanted to know what did that plan look like? And after she worked here for 10 years, what did that look like? What are the opportunities when she's been here for a long time? Well, there's lots. We have education directors, we have creative directors, you know, you can be part, you can be a floor leader, you can be on the management team, or guess what? You can just freaking love doing hair. Come to work, make a ton of money, and go home. Or you can go to ends. You know, there's that. you have multiple options. We need to be able to provide them multiple options so that they see what their end game could be very early on. And we have to have people currently in those positions, by the way. It cannot be a figment of our imagination of well, yeah, in 10 years, you could be the creative director. We have to have a creative director that is currently in that role. You know what I mean? So that it, they can see real person doing the job and that it's actually attainable. You follow me? Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but salons can be notorious for pipe dreams. We call them half-baked ideas at 124, where we throw out unfinished ideas and then the team wraps their head around it. And then as a leader, you look like you suck. Because you never followed through on that half-baked
1: idea. It's really exciting and empowering to hear that newer cosmetologists are coming to interviews with intelligent questions and they're thinking about their future. They're thinking about security. And on the other side of that, as an owner or the manager who's interviewing that person, they're also hearing longevity Mm-hmm. I want to pour into my staff. I want to invest in them and their education. In addition, I want to see their effort mm-hmm. back into that. Yeah. And to both be at play with that throughout their career is such a mm-hmm. beautiful thing. And I'd love to go into 124Go, yeah. as you were talking about the the pipe dreams. Can you share what 124 is is about and why? why, why coaching? How, how did this happen?
0: Yeah. So great question. I think everyone in their life has a profound moment that they don't understand the level of how profound it is until they're actually doing it. And what I mean by that is growing up, I wanted to be, I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. Like that's what I, all my life, you'd have asked me like, what do you want to do for a career, I would have never said I want to be the COO of salons, like that never would have crossed, I wanted to be a school teacher, and I had a teacher in sixth grade that had a profound effect on me, okay, she made me believe in myself, she made me feel like I could do anything I set my mind to, and I'm really blessed that I'm still in contact with her today, but you don't really realize the profound effect of that relationship and what they did for you. Until much later on in life, and you're like, dang, like, I owe that person a a big thank you, because they believed in me when I didn't even know what that meant. They believed in me, and I felt that intuitive power to do whatever it took. Fast forward, and I was presenting at Data Driven in Chicago, and Rowena Yeager and I had just done a presentation, and I literally had walked three steps off the stage. And John Palmieri and Chris Sulema had grabbed me and they're like, come talk to us in the hallway. And I was like, okay. Like, they're like, you are awesome. And I was like, sweet. They're like, are you a coach? And I was like, I've been wanting to be a coach for like the past six years, but I'm going to break your heart. I'm not behind the chair. And they're like, we don't care. And I was like, you don't, they're like, no. And they're, I was like, for real, because I've been down this path. And usually they're like, well, how many years have you been behind the chair? And I'm like, zero, but I've worked in the salon for 13 years now, and I've been presenting for six. They're like, let's talk. We created this relationship. 124 is based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, they are probably one of the only coaching companies out there that doesn't coach to a set process. We coach to the salon's individual goals. And mm. for me, it has allowed me to get that teaching itch out and that teaching itch out that I think that has been in there for my entire life you know and it's something that I am so grateful to be able to do that I absolutely you know the salons that I coach and anytime I have an opportunity to create that relationship I put myself as if I worked with them you know, I put myself in their shoes. I want to see videos in their salon. I want to see pictures. I want to feel like I work with you. You know, and that's how much effort that I'm going to put forth into that business so that we could make really big things happen.
1: That's incredible, and it feels like it's gone full circle for you. Um, it has. Why did this person have such an impact on your life, and then here it is? Now you're now you're coaching. Now you're teaching. In what ways has been being a part of one, two, four, go. How has that changed your management leadership position at the salons?
0: Yeah. You know, I think the, they, it forces you to keep learning. And what I mean by that is I have to be on my A game, you know, for an hour straight time. And I better, you know, with that particular salon coaching calls are an hour I better have the most current knowledge. I better have all of my backup data behind that salon and what they're, and what they're doing. Okay. And John Paul Mary and Brian Perdue, the founders of one, two, four are brilliant men. And they are brilliant men that have made such a big impact on our industry that I am tremendously grateful for the leadership and wisdom that they've instilled on me. You know, the, visionary exercise that I'm going to do with my team on Friday, that's, that's a John Palmieri activity that I can't wait for my team to do. I did not think of this on myself. I hope I executed as well as he does. Um, but they they do really good things, and we do really good work, and we are really proud of the changes that these salons are able to make for themselves that they never saw themselves being able to do. You know, I've had salons tell me that I saved them from bankruptcy. I've had salons tell me that I have saved them from really bad things in their life and from shutting their doors and things like that. I get text messages that say, you know, I'm happy you were born because I still have a business. You know, that's funny. Okay. But it's bigger than that, you know, and we are such a, some salons are so afraid to go down that coaching route. Because they don't want to appear weak. They don't want to appear, you know, I've been doing this 20 years. How? What are you going to tell me that's different? Let somebody take a look at the puzzle that hasn't been looking at it for 20 years. There's a big chance that we could make a big impact. You've been looking at the same pieces. I can tell you that I'm not going to look at it the same way. And not because I'm supposed to, but because it's naturally going to happen. And
1: Mm -hmm. then
0: good things happen. You know, it's like a domino effect of positivity.
1: What would you say is a commonality between a lot of a lot of salon owners or professionals that you've been working with, mm-hmm. as far as the challenges that a lot of them have been facing?
0: Yeah, uh, recruiting is one. Recruiting is probably one of the top five. Uh, net profit is always a huge one. You know, and why that always comes up is either in succession planning. So they've owned a business, they've owned the salon for 15, 20 years. Now they're getting up to the late 40s, early 50s, and they're trying to plan for their retirement, and they don't have one, okay? They don't have one because they've never set themselves up to take home anything than quite possibly what they were making behind the chair, okay? It is not uncommon for salon owners to take zero home from the business and only take home what they make. Well, why in the world would you put any effort anymore into that business? You're not making any money. And you could say, well, it's for the love of it. Well, guess what? When it gets hard, guess what you're the first thing to get pissed off at? The business. I don't want to do this anymore. I'll just sell the salon. I just want to go do hair. But if the salon is doing the work for you that you deserve to have after all of these years, you wouldn't feel that way. Okay. Another common thing is I don't want to, I'm a salon owner behind the chair and I'm behind the chair five days a week. I want to be behind the chair two days and we I going to grow my team. Okay. Well, guess what? I'm 73% of the sales. How am I ever Ooh. going to pull away from behind the chair? We help get them there. You know, wow. so that's where I say that it's not a set process. It's goal-based coaching based on what your individual goals are with a lot of leadership and management coaching. And we spend a lot of time teaching the difference between leadership and management. We spend a lot of times teaching that it's important to have layers within the business. What I mean by that is that if you have, you're a salon owner, you have no management team. How are you ever creating a succession plan? You go on vacation, close your eyes and hope for the best while you're gone. Or you could have people in place that know your vision are going to execute your values and you could be gone for a month and nothing would be any different. You know, that's a, a process that lots have to learn because they just want to assume you know what to do. And unfortunately, it's not that easy. You know, I mean, the, the, the world doesn't operate like that.
1: And it it definitely takes time to build your business to that level. Mm-hmm. But once mm-hmm. you are able to implement those systems and all the suggestions and advice that you at 124Go Are looking at and evaluating. And I think it is really brilliant that you're analyzing the businesses from their perspective or their goals, as opposed to Mm -hmm. this black and white, this is what we do. You know, I do think that business is business, but how you want to grow your business and what that looks like is going to be catered to each individual person. And I love that because this is the first time that I've heard of a coaching program that offers that. And I will say too, mm-hmm. the, your coaching program is at a very reasonable price in comparison yeah. to others on the market. Uh,
0: that, that would be, you the- know, it's gotta be, you can't be the least expensive in the game. Okay. And it's gotta be affordable. And it's gotta be at a price point that you feel vested. You're going to do the work. You're going to put in the time you're going to put in the effort. Okay. One of the things I always say is what works for a salon in Oregon, okay, that is in a market where 90% of the salons are booth rental. West Coast is like, that's not uncommon in Oregon to go from cosmetology school right into a chair rental. It's just what's there. The minority is the commission-based salons. What works in that demographic is not going to work in Medina, Ohio, okay? Their lowest price point haircut, I think, is $180. My most expensive haircut is $80, okay? So when you, you're you not comparing apples to apples. So to sit here and say, these are the metrics, this is what you have to do, and if you don't do it this way, you're not going to be successful, is completely absurd. And you're starting out feeling like you failed before you even started the process. We talked to a lot of salons. I talked to a lot of salon owners that have done other programs that have said, I never got off the mouse wheel. And you look at the metrics and you're like, well, you were never going to get off the mouse wheel. These are not, you'll never achieve this. Your level ones will never achieve this. I don't they tell you you have the wrong people. I'm telling you it doesn't matter who those people are. Eventually it should click that I need, I need a different plan. I need a different way to get there. And there's more to running Salons notoriously operate about what's by what's in their checking account. And you and I were kind of talking about this before we kind of got on this call. Understanding your PNL understanding a cash flow plan, understanding your balance sheet, okay, has a long-term positive effect to operating your business like a business and not operating your business like a hobby, okay? Mm. Because then when you want something out of your business and all you have is a hobby, well, there you have it, okay? It's taking that, and that's part of my, when I said I'm kind of on this mission to, create careers and and respectable careers that people are proud of when we interview with the career center and i think you'll like this i bring their parents in to their first interview mom dad whoever their support team is at home it could be a boyfriend fiance maybe they live with their fiance mom dad etc and i sit them down for the first part of that interview and i explain how long it takes before they are off an hourly wage. How long it takes before they're making $30,000, $40,000 a year. How long it makes before they're making $25,000 a year. Because everyone at home has to understand. Because what happens is that they don't have a full understanding of our industry, and how long it takes, and the education, and how much money is actually out there for them to make. When you have a bad day, And you go home. They're like, we told you not to go to college school anyways. There's no money that. Why would you ever want to do that? Go be a dental hygienist. Okay. I hear it all the time. They've got to believe in you. And part of that is me helping that student that I'm now mentoring to help them understand that. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I have been in that position where I've had a mom tell me this is the stupidest idea she's ever had. I don't even know why she wants to do this. And you're like, welcome to Salon Roots. Well, Thanks for coming. <laughs> you know, and she'll be like, this is ridiculous. We all went to college. Okay, that's awesome. Guess how many girls I have that have college degrees? I have several that have gone to college and been like, I don't want to do that anymore. I never wanted to do it. I wanted to do hair. And now I'm going to do hair. I'm not telling you not to go to college. I'm telling you it's okay if she doesn't want to go technical schools and having a trade is amazing and they're usually very talented you know so I want to elevate the outlook of the of what it's perceived in our industry and that starts with my own team and that starts with our own team and having them believe that they have careers and it starts with one you know and I know that there's a lot of salon owners across the country you yourself are one that believe the same thing and that are setting out to do the same thing
1: It's so powerful to have the right support system. And that's, I've never heard anybody do that before. And I can see how valuable it would be when you're living in the same household, because you're right. If, if you're home and you're constantly complaining about your day, when you're just going through a difficult time of, yeah, when you were first starting out, that growth
0: phase, it is hard. It's not always yeah. pleasant. Not easy. And Nothing you're... is easy. Yeah, Nothing happens overnight. I don't care whether you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be an electrician, okay? They all take time, every bit of it. And it's how much you want to invest in yourself while you're doing it and who believes in the process while you're doing it. Because if you go home and you're like, man, Roots was slammed today, and I was a slave. They're like, You want to be a slave the rest of your life? Then keep going back there. Or they can be like, That's amazing. You work at a salon that is slammed, you are going to have your career set. You should be really thankful that the salon was so busy today. Two completely different mindsets. It's something that I say in my personal life. I'm like, You can look at the world like everything is a miracle, or you can look at the world. Like there are no miracles. You choose, okay? It's like, I think it's an Alice in Wonderland quote. Everyone wants to rely on magic, but they don't believe in magic. You know, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. So it's up to us. It's up to us on how well we present that to our team as well.
1: That is incredible. Jen, I would love to know, is there any other advice that you can give to those who are in this industry who are growing their business whether they're behind the chair or a salon owner anything that you could give a piece of advice to that you you are seeing right now is like trending that you would love to shift that mindset
0: don't quit don't throw in the towel and that that would be it you know i think it's so easy to want to shift away from our original from our original plan our original vision and you know we're, we're at a time right now in our industry where it can go one of two ways you know you talk to some salon owners and they're having flashbacks of 2008 right now and if you didn't own a salon in 2008 I mean, that was the economic downturn. That was the mortgage. That was a housing crash. Okay. Those things affect our industry. Okay. With inflation, with cost of business going up, if you are going to continue to be in business past 2023, 2024, we have to continue to evolve. And what I mean by that is we always have to be leveling up on our guest experience. How can we continue to change to adapt to our clients' needs, and not only our clients' needs, but our team's needs, which we spend a lot of time talking about today. If we don't evolve, if you're not growing, you die. Okay, whether it's a slow, think of a plant. You know, you stop watering it over a period of time, it gets wilted, it's done. Or you can keep watering it, and maybe today I water it once a week, maybe sometimes I have to water it every day. Maybe I have a plant that requires its water once a month. Either way, I have to be feeding into the business in order for that business to continue to feed me.
1: Wow, I love this. Jen, where can people find you
0: and more about 124Go? Sure. Um, our website is 124go.com. And John Palmieri and I actually uh, host a podcast ourselves called Shop Talk by 124. And it's one of the reasons I was totally excited to be your guest today because I'm never on the other side. I'm always on on your side of the mic. Um, And you can find us on Instagram at 124.gov.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your wealth of knowledge with our industry and continuing to make an impact in in this world and in this beauty industry. Thank
0: you for having me. Absolutely.
1: Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. If you are loving these episodes, I would appreciate a review on your experience of how this podcast is helping you grow your business so that others just like yourself can learn, grow and be a part of the podcast. I'd love to get connected with my listeners, so make sure to join me in the free Facebook group where you'll find a community of like-minded beauty professionals that want to grow their business and careers. I'll share with you my top tips, Q&As, and when new podcasts are released. Thank you again for your love and support. It's an honor to be a part of your business building journey.